You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 162. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. I'm very excited about today's show. I want today's interview spread far and wide because I am so excited to share our to, to share my discussion today with, with Asif Lev. Um, we're going to be talking about an alternative social networks today and alternative platforms. And when it comes to that, you know, obviously the one that sticks out for me right now is Locals. Uh, and you can get our community on Locals at Maximum.Locals.com. Locals, it's not the largest one for sure. It might not be the most well-known alternative social platform, but it's it's the one that I'm on. I'm actually on a lot of them, but uh, it's the one that I use specifically for the podcast here. And it's got a great community and a great story. And in fact, the story of Locals is one that uh, I've been following, and I guess along with Aaron, we've both been following uh, since even before it started uh, and and have been documenting uh, its progress here uh, on, on the local maximum. So, you know, for example, so, uh, way back in episode 50, that is in December, 2018, you can get these at localmaxradio.com slash 50, uh, Dave Rubin, who is a well-known podcaster and interviewer and, and commentator, he left the platform Patreon, very dissatisfied with the way big tech would kind of uh, not just you know randomly kick people off their platform, or at least you know uh, you know the the way that they kind of adjudicate disputes in terms of you know who's uh, who's allowed to stay on and who who's not seems rather arbitrary. And then you know we know all of these things that happen where you know hey you're on a platform they decide to change their algorithm and then you're you're left high and dry and all that stuff. So anyway, a few specific things happened. Dave Rubin leaves Patreon on December of 2018, and short, and then he seeks to build an alternative, not just you know rage quit, but actually actually do something about it. So he finds uh, Asif Lev, and together they found locals, and so they set out to build an alternative. And around a year after that was launched, so uh, in episode 103. I interviewed Dave Rubin here on The Local Maximum, and that was January of 2020. So that was, I was very excited about that year because I was like, oh, I have a big guest, Dave Rubin, coming on the show. (laughs) And then 2020 happened, and I had other things to worry about, but uh, we kept pushing through here on The Local Maximum. So then in 147, uh, I finally joined Locals. I got The Local Maximum on there. So it's maximum.locals.com. And we've been having some great discussions there. I post all of the episodes there. Plus, I kind of tell you, you know, what's going on in the future uh, in the local maximum and, uh, you know, what what episodes I'm planning and and, and some other behind the scenes stuff. So now and so that was uh, that was way back, I think, in November. So now we're here we are in episode 162. And once again, we're going to be talking about Locals, and we're going to be talking more generally about building products and startups. I love that stuff. And then, you know, we're going to be interviewing, uh, you know, someone who is very close to the Locals platform because my next guest is the co-founder 
and CEO of Locals. Asif Lev, you've reached the local maximum. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you. I have been having such a great time on the Locals platform, even though I have like an itty bitty local space, which is hopefully uh, <laughs> going to grow a little bit soon. Hopefully I'm going to get a, um, you know, hopefully I'm going to get my, uh, uh, I've almost got my hundred members so I can get, uh, uh, get, I, I don't know, verified. I, I know I get extra features when that happens, but anyway, um, so you are the CEO of Locals. Uh, first of all, tell me a little bit, like how long have you been doing this? What's your background before you uh, started at Locals? And um, why did you decide to hop on board? Sure. So um, we are doing local for over two years. My background is more on the technology side. So I actually, I grew up in Israel. Um, I'm an engineer in my occupation. And I moved there about eight years ago. And I was always fascinated with startup and entrepreneurship. Um, to play forward to as to like why we started local. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming from the product space and I'm talking today for like, I would say for a few years, ever since he moved to Patreon about what was missing for him, how he wants to connect with his audience. And it was something very fascinating for me. And everything triggered for us to start a company actually. I don't know if you remember, but at the time, uh, Dave decided to leave Patreon together with Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris. And the reason that they decided to leave was because one of Patreon creator was booted out of the platform. His name was Carl Benjamin for saying the N-word outside of the platform. And there, obviously, they saw the danger with censorship and with cancel culture that today it's obviously a problem for mainstream. But they basically called me and said, Asaf, we have to like have a page up and running to collect, you know, support for my community, for my supporters, because that's how he generate most of the income from his business. So... Like any other product guy, I put a page in a matter of a week and connected the Stripe account and PayPal. And when, we, when I saw the results and the amount of money we were able to like raise, I was blown away. So essentially, we saw 30% increase uh, in the revenue from what he was making on Patreon. And then we knew that we have something. And then we knew that like fans are going to appreciate if creators are going to go and be independent. And that's actually what triggered us to start Locals. So where that that is surprising. Like I would think, hey, here's Patreon. Here's where here's where the audience is. Essentially, you think, hey, support creators go to Patreon. It's sort of it's counterintuitive to, and I think for a long time it was probably true. Like if you leave Facebook or Twitter, nobody's going to listen to you. What? Why do you think that that changed? What What do you think was going on there? Yeah. So. I think, first of all, there is a shift also um, with consumer in the past few years and subscription-based solutions are starting to be much more attractive for the, for the regular user. And the reason is that users are much smarter and they know that like today there is no such thing as like uh, free in the internet. So if it's free, essentially you are the product. But on the other hand, supporters want to pay money to, not to be the product. They actually care about their, their, their information. But even more than this, supporters want to support creators directly because the way that it operates today, if you think about Facebook and Google, right, as like the big players over there, most of the revenue is actually coming from the advertiser. So essentially, the main stakeholder in the company is the advertisers. And we see a shift that I think Patreon is actually paved the way in some ways where the creator is going to be the dominant uh, player um, in the company itself. And the way that we look at this in locals, we're going to get to it, is that we look at our creators as partners, not necessarily as clients because of this reason. 
Okay, right. So you got, uh, you know, you, you got Dave all set up. You got Dave Rubin and uh, you got his Patreon alternative just for him. It's working for him. Now you turn to uh, expanding this out, making this available yeah. to other creators. How did you go about that? How, how did you get started on that? Uh, both in terms of like, uh, were there any like technical issues that had to be overcome? And, and, and also, I, I know in, in terms of the technical issues, there's always, there's always one thing at least that's a lot more difficult than you think it's going to be. Um, and then in terms of just getting it started, like how did you get your creator number two, creator number three, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I, I, I will start more with it. We, when, when, when we launched like Dave's like um, support site, right. That I mentioned in the beginning, the first thing that I did as a, as a typical product person, I jumped on calls with all of the supporters. So I had like dozens, if not hundreds of calls with supporters trying to understand why they support creator. And I realized that it's not only that they want to support the creator, that's what they are coming. They actually had the big need to communicate with one another. And that was also what was missing for Dave on Patreon. So when we started, even before we went to other supporters or to other creators, we said, what do we really need to create it? What is the feature set that we need to do to allow a creator to be completely independent and for the, for the supporters to communicate with one another? Um, my approach to build product is less is more and more about simplicity. So essentially it was one newsfeed where the creator had a lot of tools to publish content and the supporters were able to connect to one another. And I think what we did that is very different compared to other, uh, any other subscription-based solution we are all about community. So on Locals, you can join, as you know, Max, every community, every member can join for free, but only paid member, which we call them supporters, have the ability to comment, to post, and to see also exclusive content. And by doing that, we actually were able to filter a lot of the noise from the trolls that exist on YouTube or Twitter. So we started with Dave's community. And it worked very well. And I was actually very surprised with, with the amount of engagement that we got from the members. I was also very lucky because a lot of our alpha testers were from the Rubin Report community. Our initial investors came from the community. And actually, the key employees that works today on locals came from the Rubin Report community. So we said, let's excel one community. Let's build them bottom up. And then let's go and give it to other creators. And then we uh, recruited our second creator, which was Fantasy, sorry. and then after this, Michael Mellis, and from there, Scott Adams. And then what happened, I shifted from talking only to supporters to spending most of my day talking to creators. And I started to really learn the creator ecosystem and who they are and what are the tools that they need. And part of the things that we understood Creators today are looking for more and more ways to simplify their workflow and focus on creating content, not managing everything else. And that's what we try uh, to do with Locals. Yeah, so I, I noticed that so you said that um, uh, the, the, the supporters, they really liked talking to each other and not just one-on-one -on -one to the creator. And so I find that very interesting. Like I, had, I have a little bit of chatter on, on, on my page and like, you know, I noticed some thread going on and someone said, oh, I don't want to get off topic from, uh, you know, what, what Max posted. I'm like, no, 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 by all means, go ahead. Like I love when, when uh, like random discussions sort of pop up and um, it's, uh, uh, it, it's really, so I, 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 I think I support some people on Patreon. So I, it's my understanding, I guess you can't talk to other people who are supporting the customer. It, it, it makes sense. Like, why would you, you know, you have something in common with the other supporters and that you both listen. So, uh, you know, it's sort of, you know, it, it sort of makes sense. You'd want to chat. 
Right. So when you think today, for example, I will give two examples, right? If you take Substack and if you take Patreon, from our interview with a lot of creators, we actually discovered that they really want to have a community. Unfortunately, those solutions are not supporting it because it's only a way to like publish content. So they go today to Discord or to Slack. Mm-hmm. And another thing that we realized is that for supporters, hosting content, for example, it's also important. So what we start to notice more and more, creators today operate like, like their own company, their own media company. That's in effect how we see the future. And what we understood on locals, we need to allow the supporters to communicate with one another and the creator, but we also need to, again, I'm going back to the point to learn the workflow of the creator, because when we started to learn who are those creators that are very successful, at the end of the day, all of you, and when I say you, I look at you also, Max, are some type of entrepreneurs that are going out there and I have tons of respect. I just, I was actually on the call this morning with two creators and it's mind blowing for me how every creator is finding their niche and they are able to create this like core group of supporters that really want them to succeed and are willing to support them financially. And the way that we see it and the way that we see the future, I think it's very like uh, optimistic and very encouraging for a lot of people that want to get to the space of being a content creator we're going to see that the next big media companies are not going to be built by organization. It's going to be built by creators because also the consumer is ready to support the creator directly and the creator themselves are are, are starting to use tools like locals that give them the ability to operate without have zero knowledge in tech and how to operate their community. Yeah. I, I, I have tried to, I mean, sometimes I've had, you know, discussions on Slack that have been good. We actually use Slack at Foursquare for, you know, if we have like a beta for uh, one of our products, we'll have everybody using the beta on, on Slack and we'll have a discussion. And I've had, tried to have my, my friends and, and people who, who listen to the podcast go on Slack, go on Facebook, go on all these other things, Reddit. But like, it's, it's I, I was never able to have a really good discussion on those platforms uh, going and then you, you locals comes around. And you tell me, oh, now people are going to have to pay, and it's like that's going to whittle it down even more. How are we going to get a discussion going? And to my surprise, that's uh, that's not how it turned out. So, is yeah. that something that you have to uh, educate people on? Was that a surprise for you? It was definitely a surprise for us. But from the beginning, it was something that we noticed that changed the nature of the discussion, as you said. So, putting a paywall in front of it make two things actually happen. Number one, as I mentioned before, you filter the troll. That's the obvious things, right? You understand that if you're going to put a paywall, less haters are going to come because someone that hates you not necessarily is going to pay for you. And that's the behavior that we see. The second thing that was surprising for us, and it's actually very similar to other solutions that you use, when you pay for someone, let's say that you pay five or seven bucks per month, you care more about the service. It's the same way as I always say, when you have Netflix and you pay the $7.99 and you are bored at night, you're going to go and you're going to open Netflix and you're going to give it more attention to the content that's going to be there. And similar to this, that's what we see with the communities. If you are paying money, you already feel like you are part of the group and you're going to treat it with more respect. You're not going to be an asshole and you're not going to try to like trigger anyone to like say nasty stuff. We actually see that we have a lot of disagreement in our locals community, but the level of respect to one another definitely was something that surprised us. Yeah. And I think also that applies to the creator as well, because it's like, you know, if somebody writes a comment on locals, well, that's a, that's a paying supporter. Like, so I feel like, okay, they better get, you know, 
they, they, I mean, I can't always drop what I'm doing and just go and reply, but like, I'm like, okay, they, 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 they get my first reply. Like they, they come before email, they come before Twitter, you know? So, um, I, I, I feel that way too. Um, so, uh, what do you tell people who, so a, a lot of the people who are coming on as creators and supporters, uh, they, they maybe are, you know, you're kind of branching out from Dave's community. Like, you know, Michael Malice has been on the Dave Rubin show and, and, and Bridget Fetissey, I guess. And, you know, I, I feel like there are a lot of people who are doing politics. What do you tell people who, you know, want to get on, who either want to do something completely different, or maybe you have someone on there. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's it, what if someone from the New York times comes in and says, Hey, I want one. Uh, that would be a little surprising, but like, how would you, would you, would you try to sell them on it? What types of people are you, are you trying to um, get on your platform right now? So first of all, a hundred percent, if someone from the New York times or any other organization want to come, they are more than welcome. And we will, you know, empower them the same as we do with any other clients to be independent. Um, so yes, we started with Dave Network and you are right, when we started the company, definitely it helped us to bring and to grow the audience uh, doing it this way. And essentially when we started, the main problem was censorship. And, and you are right that it was more for people on the political space, but as the last year, I think was a very interesting year for all of us with COVID and with the events that happened in January, for example, with um, uh, uh, um, Parler being removed from the App Store and Google Play, a lot of creators understood that they are not really um, safe. And censorship, as I mentioned before, start to be a mainstream problem. So now, actually, we start to see a lot of doctors that are coming to the platform. So we have Dr. Drew and we have Z-Dog, which came for us from like Facebook, actually, that now they are not able to speak about everything. So a lot of the people that come to us now, I would say the common interest, those are people that are very vocal about their opinion. We have people that are progressive. We have people that are not. So we start to have other vertical now that we are expanding to. We are now getting into beauty. We are getting into sport. And essentially, it's people that want to share their opinion. What we are looking for and the type of creators that are successful are creators that are authentic. And I think that authenticity is something very important for the viewer today. So if you want to succeed as a content creator, our advice to you is be authentic. And actually, when we talk to our creator, we encourage them to share content that not necessarily they edit, just be themselves because that's what people are craving for today. They are looking for something real and they don't really um, uh, trust the other media outlet that exists out there. It's, um, it's interesting. If you go back, you know, five, six years, there'd be a lot of people on like on YouTube, for example, or, or Facebook who were not political, but they'd say, Hey, I've been working on my channel for several years. And now all of a sudden, let's say YouTube just changed their algorithm on me. They just, they randomly decided to change their algorithm. And now that, uh, that, that hits my numbers, it hits me financially. And they kind of felt like, well, that was really unfair. I think at the time it wasn't really enough to, to spur on these, um, these alternative networks, but it's that, that, that was a concern as well. Like, um, do you guys, uh, speak, speak to that too like the you know being a uh uh a at the whims of the algorithm so to speak absolutely so there are two interesting things that you mentioned there number one is the ownership of the creator of their user i think one of the problem today because creators understand that they are not safe on the big tech platform they don't have a way for example to reach out to their entire members so if you go on uh, youtube or twitter and you have millions of followers 
A, the algorithm not necessarily is gonna, gonna be in your favor. So if you're gonna post something, it's not like they guarantee that everyone are gonna see it. And B, if you wanna contact those people, you don't have their data. Now, those are people that follow you, that support you. And that's exactly what we are doing on locals. So on locals, we don't have algorithm, by the way. So we decided to remove the algorithm. The, the user can sort their feed. I guess, I guess I'm out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it, it's working actually pretty well, right? So the user can yeah. decide what they want to see. We do have a trending uh, 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 option that you can see, like the, the post that got the most traction or the most like or the most comment. And actually, when the creator posts, everyone are getting either push notification or email notification and the creator control it 100%. And we believe that that's what the consumer wants. If you decide to go and opt into someone uh, community, you want to be informed when they are uh, putting new content out there. And the creator want to have a direct channel with their uh, supporter without any middleman. And that's essentially what we see that today creator understand. If you want to grow your business, you need to own your business. You can't rent spaces where, where if something happened now, your entire business is going to be, you know, removed from the planet. Uh, what was your reaction to Parler being taken off, uh, basically being wiped off the face of the internet for a month? Uh, was Were you surprised? Is that something that, you know, like you talked about in terms of, um, you know, hey, this is a, this is a risk, like into your, your SWOT analysis, your business analysis, like what are, what are potential threats to the business? Like, how do you, uh, how do you think about that? So I think definitely I was, I was surprised. I mean, it's something we discussed a lot. I think Dave talked about it even more. I have to give him credit. He see it, he saw it actually coming. And mm. I never saw an example like this before, right? That the company is basically being removed from every single thing that you can think of, right? From the Google Play um, in the App Store, and then AWS. And what it shows us that no one is uh, protected. So that's the one thing. The other thing that it uh, basically made us understand is that as a, as a platform that provides user-generated content, you have certain responsibilities. And you cannot come and claim, I allow any type of content to be on my platform. I actually think that's the mistake that Parler did. Because when you look at the way that we approach it from our side, we want to keep ourselves on the App Store and Google Play and all of the places that consumers are operating today because we want to make it easy for the supporter of the creator to consume the content. Saying this, we understand that as a platform that have user-generated content, we are obligated to have moderation in place that will prevent from bad things from happening. What are bad things? For example, on Locals today, the way that we do moderation is divided to two. There, are, there is platform moderation and there is community moderation that the creator actually make the decision and it's much better and it works much better for us. So in example, if there is a threat of violence or illegal activity, that's something that the platform, we internally are responsible for this and, and we are reviewing this and we have to take the action to prevent stuff like this from happening on the platform. Everything related to hate speech, to spam, we allow our creator to make the calls if they want to block the user from their community. They, are, they have full rights to do it. This user will never be able to join their community, but they can operate in other communities. So essentially, I think when we think about it, it's in some ways a mission impossible to moderate a billion people. But when you divide it into small groups and you work together with your creators, 
That's how you can make better decisions because I don't think that we as a platform are expert, for example, in, 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 in medical, and I can detect if something that the doctor said it's okay or not okay to say based on COVID-19, right? But I do think that the creator can make this decision. But I do think that if something is illegal, there is the law of the United States that we can follow. And if there is a threat of violence, it's pretty obvious to see. And we actually see that the supporters themselves are the ones that are reporting this content. And we actually put mechanism in place to overcome this issue. The other thing... That, you need, yeah, oh, sorry, go yeah, ahead. The, oh, no. The, the last, the yeah, last thing ahead. I wanted to mention also that what happened because of what happened with Parler, it made us, unfortunately, for as a startup company to spend more time to have backup. And it's not something I like to spend because I prefer to spend all of my resource to improve the user experience and deliver a better product. But now we needed to create a separate database and server for if something will happen, I will be able to keep operating the company for our customers. Yeah, that's uh, it's probably pretty smart. Um, uh, yes, do some creators say, hey, uh, you know, I'd like to moderate this, but uh, I, I just, I, I, I feel like it's too much. I mean, maybe, um, you know, I'm sure Dave Rubin doesn't want to sit there four hours a day going through all of his comments, um, but I certainly can. Uh, but, but, you know, what, what, do you have, I think you have some tools for that, right? Yeah. So we developed like all of the tools that allow the creator to actually like do it pretty easily. I also have to say that most of the big creator that we have, that's the, the things that we discuss, right? The shift from like a small creator to creator that is doing it full time. Usually they hire a small team. And what we see with our community, I'm very proud to say that some of our communities are generating enough money that people actually hire people to manage their community on locals. And, and it's great because we are providing works for other people. But essentially, we have all of the tools. We provide the creator everything to be in complete control. If they want to be hands-on, they can make all of the decisions. If not, we can help them to make those decisions. So it's all up to the creator to decide how they want to do it. What is the, uh, is there an upcoming feature that you're working on that you're really excited about building yes. that you could share? So. From all, we, we basically, and I think what Creator likes, we support all type of media today. So you can post on locals like your blog and you can post images and you can post podcasts and you can post videos. We really want to go into videos and podcasting in particular. But the reason we want to go into videos, it's, it's again going back to the authenticity, being more authentic. And I think that's what people want to see. So when someone is sharing what they think about their life, when someone is giving an update, so we are working now on a live stream that we are uh, hoping to release in the next few months. I, we got a lot of requests from our creators to do it. So that's one feature that we're going to put out there. We are also going to develop more way for creators and for supporters to tip one another. So in the form of super chat that we're going to have on locals, because we want creators to spend more and more time with locals. We see that it's great for them. So we have to develop more tools that will attract both the creators and the supporters um, so for us, videos and live stream is definitely something that is coming next. Yeah, that's really cool. One of the things that I've done a couple times is like while I'm editing uh, a show, um, assuming that I'm, you know, in, in not doing it at like one in the morning, extremely tired, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll be listening to it. I'll be like, oh, that was an interesting clip. So I'll like copy it, uh, create a little MP3 and like and post it. So it's like a few days before the 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 episode comes out. Um, it would be nice though, if I could like kind of hook it up to my RSS feed for like my website or the podcast so that it automatically goes out, but, uh, I'll just do that manually for now. Uh, 
Is there a feature that you get requested a lot um, that you um, that you don't that 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 you don't want to prioritize right now for for whatever reason? Um, and I, I ask just because, as you know, working on products, there's <laughs> that's actually kind of a common thing. hundred percent. We actually have a feature that it is on our roadmap, but we are putting more time to think how to develop it, and it's coming a lot mm. from our supporters. So. When we build locals, we focus mainly on our creators to build one community at a time. But what we start to notice now, we have a very nice cross-pollination, which means that one supporter support to more than one community. The thing that it can start to be very expensive for the, for the user. So we have some super users, super supporters, I will call them, that support four or five creators and it starts to be expensive for them. So one right. of the features, I will not say that we are delaying it. I'm saying it's coming a lot, but we are thinking a lot about it internally in the company is how we create bundles in a way that it's going to work both for the supporters and the creator. We don't want to take the control as a platform, but we want to figure out something that will work for our creators as well. So they will be able to create those type of bundles and for the user from the other side. So if you support a few creators, you can get a discount in, in some way. So this is something that we are thinking a lot internally and will come also in the coming years for us. And we hope that we're going to do it in a way that's going to work for both sides. Oh, yeah. So I, I didn't know that you were working on that or thinking about that. I'd, I'd be really excited about that because I feel like, you know, there'd be, well, first of all, I'd like to support more, uh, more groups. And, and if, it, if there's sort of like a bundling deal, then, um, then sort of it makes that less, uh, you know, less, less mental overhead to be like, well, how, mu- how much am I spending mm-hmm. on all this? But also like as a creator, if there are a bunch of, you know, uh, super members who are out there, who are getting discounts by 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 supporting lots of uh, communities? Then okay, maybe you get less per person, but they're kind of easier to get. They could you could be like, hey, you're already a supporter of all these groups on locals. You could just join mine, and you know whatever it's 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 you know it's it's maybe if it's maybe it's thrown in for free, and maybe like the creator gets a little bit. But if I feel like you could get more people in your community that way, exactly. So. I think it's a very important point. We do see bundles helping a lot the smaller creators, right? Because what we see on locals, yeah. and, and again, why we are different compared to other subscription-based solutions, we understand that in order to be successful, we have to create a network effect. Like any other technology product that exists out there, the success comes from the network effect. It's beautiful to see what happened today in our big communities. It's something that we call the locals flywheel. The locals fly will happen when the supporters are starting to create more content from the, from the creator. And in all our big communities that are working, that's actually the behavior that starts to happen. So the creator actually generates less than 5% of the content, and the paid supporters are the, the ones that are generating most of the content. For smaller creators, it's difficult to get to this like flywheel. So actually being in a bundle will allow smaller creators to expose their content for more people and potentially more and more supporters will be able to post in their communities and create this flywheel and eventually um, get to a network effect. Yeah, that, that network effect is, um, is, is really important. I think, I mean, so I... I go to like, well, when I lived in New York and, and before Corona, I went to uh, Union Square Ventures events a lot. And they always talk about how their investment thesis is, you know, investing in, in networks. Um, so that raises the question for me, like, okay, you have all these locals communities, they seem relatively self-contained. Like, how can you, um, how could you have 
two communities interact more. Maybe I uh, I have a community, but I also um, you know listen to this other podcast, and so I want to interact over there. Are, are they going to remain completely separate? And you know, what way can you have kind of cross interactions? Sure. So we actually believe in keeping them separately. And the reason that we believe is that when you when you dive into a community, you are getting much deeper around one topic or one group of people. And, and I, I talked to a few smart people, and the best analogy that I can find to this is a culture of magazine compared to articles. And I think that people want to go back to magazine, which means I want to go deeper. I want to develop a deeper relationship with the group. And for example, that's the challenge that you see sometimes on Twitter or Facebook, which is more the culture of articles. I get a lot of blips of, blip of, blips of information that are not necessarily connect to one another. But when you dive into a community, you get more deeper and you are able to develop relationship. Saying this, what we actually have on Locals, and you're going to see it coming in the next few weeks, now you are able to follow people and we develop something that we call my newsfeed, which essentially will show you all of the posts from people that you follow. So if you follow today people, you will see also posts that they are posting on different communities, which allow you to discover new communities. It's up to you if you want to opt into the community, but we understand that we need to improve the discovery. We got it also from a few users. We now added it to our website. It's also going to be in the app. You will be able to discover more and more community. But the best way to do it, it's actually to follow people that you find interesting. But then if you want to dive into the community, that's up to you to opt in as a user. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, well, I, I feel like for me, like locals might be a good way to find other guests on the podcast or, or a place to like go on someone else's podcast and have a discussion uh, where it's like, Hey, you kind of keep it within the locals community. And then like, I'm having a discussion with someone else and um, they're somehow, you know, we both post it on each other's site. And then it's like, Hey, if you're on my locals, then you'll know about them. And if you're on their locals, you know about me. And, and I think, I, 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 I think it's an interesting point that, and it's a behavior that I already see that is happening. So when you look at our, most of our creators, I see them on different podcasts interviewing the, uh, each other. And it's beautiful to see it, right? It's something that we are very proud of not only creating um, a great solution for creators to be independent, but allowing them to network with one another under their own terms. So it's something very natural that just happened to us on locals. And we, again, I'm saying I'm very thankful for, for working with such great creators that allow us to build a great company because all of the feedback that we are having and, and what energizes me during the day is talking to creators. I'm just fascinating with this like new industry that in my opinion is going to grow so fast and, and, and to hear how they are running their business how they are producing content, how they want to go, what is their ambition, where they are moving from here. I think it's something that gives us a lot of inspiration for the entire team. And that's how actually the entire company was built. Yeah, that sounds great. Asif, we're um, going to wrap up now, but uh, do you have any last uh, thoughts, any parting words? And also, uh, you know, well, where can people go? I, I mean, look, locals.com is not that hard to uh, to remember, but uh, where can people go to learn more or maybe uh, uh, are you hiring or, or anything like that? Yeah, so definitely we are now expanding the team. It's a great question because we are now in a growth phase and I think the company uh, focused a lot in the last year to 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 in to focus on development. We built a lot of tools for creators. Now we are growing more and more creators are coming to us. So if you are working on customer success, if you are a great backend developers, which we always like to hire smart people, 
please feel, uh, feel free to send your resume to jobs at locals.com. And as you mentioned, the best way to like learn about locals, it's actually to join a locals community. So you can go to locals.com. You have a discover. You can see the trending communities that we put out there. Everyone can open a community for free. And for every question that you have, you can always email support at locals.com and you're going to get an answer for this. All right. That sounds great. Asif, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Max. All right. Great discussion today. Uh, next week, I'm hoping to uh, have another conversation with Aaron. We're going to do maybe a, uh, a March news update if we have time. Uh, if not on deck, uh, that will be the next week or the week after. I have uh, Ann Griffin coming on the show, and she is a uh, a product manager. She does online courses. She talks about AI. She talks about blockchain. She talks about you know uh, you know finding your dream job, how to attract the right uh, kinds of employers. So lots, all sorts of practical stuff and you know emerging technology stuff in, in that discussion. So um, lots of great things happening on the Local Maximum. Stay tuned, localmaxradio.com. And of course, join localsmaximum.locals.com to, to, you know, like I said in the show, you could speak directly to me. So have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support The Local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at Maximum.Locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at LocalMaxRadio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to LocalMaxRadio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.